You know, we hear that expression of my personal Savior. The Lord can be your personal Savior. And we kind of, you know, downplay that a little bit as, you know, well, that's really less than. But, but he is personal. We heard that in some of these testimonies and these uh, expressions tonight that, that uh, he indeed is uh, personal to each and every one of us. He cares about us. He knows what's going on in our life. And, and he hears he hears the cry of your heart. He really does. And so uh, if you don't know him and you haven't talked to him and uh, you don't feel that closeness, then tonight would be a good night to do that. It really would. It really would. So we're glad to be here. I look at you folks, and I see they got that down here, so I can do that. I look at you folks, and I say, God bless you for being here in the middle of the week. That ungodly traffic that you have here, unbelievable. Amen. I see more cars in five minutes than we see all year in our town. Uh, just uh, absolutely amazing. We have traffic. We have rush hours in our town, but we call them rush minutes. Uh, you might have five minutes when things get a little slower, but uh, that's about it. But a uh, little different here in this great metropolitan area of Los Angeles, one of the massive cities of the world. Excited about what the Lord's doing here in this uh, city and uh, whatever you call all these cities that are around here, one starts and one stops and you don't know when, and uh, maybe a little sign, that's about it. But uh, the building that you're building for the glory of the Lord on this very busy, well-known uh, South Rosemead uh, Boulevard or street, whatever it is, uh, I think that's tremendous. And, and we are excited with you and for you. I've been through a couple of building programs myself so I know uh, how the process is. It goes slower than some folks want it to go, but it's going. It is a process. Amen. We have one of our pastors in uh, Goodlettsville outside of Nashville. In fact, he's a California boy, but they're in a bit of process of, of uh, building a building. They just had to spend a million dollars on dynamite to blow up the rock so they could get the, the, the site ready. So uh, you never know what you're going to encounter, but uh, it's going to be good. And I've seen the drawings and the plans and what kind of direction you're headed, uh, the Lord willing, and I think that's tremendous. So it's a time to be excited. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am excited. Say it with enthusiasm. Why are you excited? You're excited because the Lord's on your side. Amen. The Lord's on your side. And so you've got a reason to be excited. And there's no question in my mind you need to build, uh, especially on your weekend services, of course, when people are able to get here a little easier, uh, you're full. You're beyond full, and, and uh, so you really don't have any choice. And so we pray with you, and we're glad to be here today, glad to be here with two of our sons, a daughter-in-law, and three grandchildren. We have one other son. He hasn't been out here yet, has he? Amen. He's the one that's got all the brains. Uh, we used to use him as a, used to use him as a, an encyclopedia. He'll have to live that down. See, he he got at us. Uh, well, he does have a master's degree now, doesn't he? Amen. But no, Nathan was like an encyclopedia. He knew everything we were talking about. It. We just asked him. We didn't go to the World Book. Of course, now you go to Wikipedia. Amen. Amen. Well, we, we we got a few brains, too, don't we? Amen. we got a few. Uh, the rest of us. Amen. Well, we're, we're proud of what's happening here. And, of course, appreciate uh, uh, our son and daughter-in-law, the wonderful work they're doing. They could be doing other things, but they're doing the work of God. And they're here in, instead of there. And uh, that's what happened to me. I, I left my home area and ended up a long ways away. And so sometimes that's the way the work of God goes. Do you love the Bible? Amen. You've got your Bible, lift it up in the air and shout hallelujah. And if you didn't bring it, say praise the Lord. Well, that was, a, that was bad. Coming to church without your Bible, that's like going to battle without a weapon. Wow. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 1. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 1. And we'll not keep you here all night so you can get back in that traffic out there and get home. But Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 1, I'm going to refer to several scriptures here in the next little bit, but uh, it's Bible study tonight, so we kind of sometimes slow it down a little bit. Sometimes we don't. But uh, listen to the word of the Lord. 
In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. And then this beautiful gem of a verse. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. God's going to keep this fellow in perfect peace. Who? Whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. And then verse 4. Let's read it together. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Everybody say everlasting strength. Where is it? The Lord Jehovah. And we get it when we trust in the Lord. Shout that out. Trust in the Lord. 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 What do you think we ought to do? God bless you. You may be seated. Thou will keep them in perfect peace. What a phrase. Look at that third verse. Perfect peace whose mind is focused or stayed on thee. We have a lot of things that uh, we can examine in this world that we live in. But I want to speak to you for a few minutes on this simple subject tonight. Do you need a faith lift? I didn't say facelift. Some of us might need that, but do you need a faith lift? Trusting in God. You know, we need peace. This world searches for peace. And they want it in their own heart. They want it in their family. They want it in their career. They want it in their government. They want it in nations. Peace. But the Bible tells us that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Now that's the problem. Keeping your mind stayed. Keeping your mind in the right place. Thinking on the right things. So that you can trust in the Lord. And if you've got problems with trusting in God, you've got problem with thinking. You're not thinking right. Your mind is not stayed or focused on the right things. And so we desire peace. We desire inward peace. We desire outward peace. We desire peace with God. We desire peace of conscience. We really do. We want peace under all circumstances and in every situation. We want peace. And so that's the pursuit of mankind and certainly the pursuit of the child of God. You came from a frustrating day, possibly. You came from a disappointing day. You might have come from a hurtful day. You might have come from a day uh, just uh, 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 fraught with uh, all kinds of, of tensions and pressures. And uh, you don't feel peace. You're a basket case. But uh, I want to talk to you about peace. Peace. Peace with God. Peace in your own spirit. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34. And this, again, is a scripture that I know is loved by those that appreciate and respect and honor the Word, the word of God. But this is what it says uh, concerning the things that, that we encounter, you know, and the frustrations of life. It says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow. In other words, for tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. And then it says this phrase, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What does that mean? It means simply this, that the care of each individual day is enough to master. Oh, well, I've got, a world, I've got to worry about what Iran's going to do two years from now. No. 
I've got to worry about what my company is going to be doing a year from now. No. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That, in other words, really all we have is what? Today. Tomorrow hasn't got here yet. Oh, yeah, but I've got to get worrying about tomorrow. I've got to get frustrated about a future time. But that's not what the Bible teaches. All right? Take, therefore, no thought for the moral. Why? For the moral shall take thought for the things of itself. Tomorrow will take care of tomorrow we have got today. Think about that for a little bit. You say, well, this is an oversimplification of everything. But, but the Bible teaches us some powerful principles, and, and uh, I think we should examine them. Turn with me to the book of Exodus. Amen. That's a good one. That's exit, getting out of things. Maybe you need to get out of some trouble. Maybe you need to get out of some worry. Maybe you need to get out of some frustration. Exodus chapter 16. Here it is. They're uh, beginning to murmur in the wilderness because they don't think things are going like they ought to. And uh, it looks like the bread truck hasn't arrived. And how are we ever going to make it? And what's going to happen? Hello? Anybody home? But look at verse 4. And I could read all of this, but uh, this concerns the uh, feeding of the children of Israel. And verse 4 says, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain rate when? Every what? Every month? Did I misread that? Every week. No, no. Every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. This is a day-by-day -day walk. Come on. The Scripture said, gather a certain rate. What? Every day. How? Why? That I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. So very simply, you know about the manna coming down from heaven and falling upon the ground like the hoarfrost. And, and the Lord said, go out there and gather it once a day for six days. And then on the sixth night, you gather enough for the seventh day because the seventh day is a day of rest. And some folks thought God didn't mean what he said, and so they thought, well, hey, it's Tuesday. I'll gather enough for Wednesday, so I won't have to go out early on Wednesday morning. And they woke up Wednesday morning, and the manna was filled with what? Worms. Some people just don't listen to God. It's amazing. And then some folks maybe on the sixth day thought, well, you know what? I tried that here a while back and tried to gather two in one day, and we had a bunch of worms. So I'm not going to do that. And on the seventh day, they had a forced fast because there was no manna there on that day. Am I right? Now, what was God doing? That I may prove them. God wants to prove himself to you literally every day. Every day. This isn't a one-shot experience. I mean, I think the last time I was here a few weeks ago, I said, over 50 years ago, God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that was a wonderful experience. And, and uh, Brother Chad, I can remember it to this day, May the 5th, 1960, at an altar. I remember when and where it happened, and it was a wonderful thing. But do you know what? I don't live on that one-shot experience. Uh, something happens every day that I may prove them. Go out and gather a certain rate every day, not every week or every month or every year, but every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And so there's a challenge that is there for us, a challenge to go out and see God work for us every day and for us to trust Him and lean upon Him every day. Are you hearing me? Now, James chapter 4 and verse 13, if you can pull that up or get it in your Bibles. Now, 
This is what the Scripture said in the New Testament. James was very practical. And he talked about a practical faith. Work out your own salvation. And uh, he said, uh, faith without works is dead. And, and poor Martin Luther just about had a stroke over that. He couldn't understand that. But what, he, what, what really James was saying, show me your faith by your works. In other words, uh, prove to me that you really do know me and love me and will obey me. But listen to this scripture, James 4 and verse 13. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell, get gain. What did he say? A year. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to continue a year and I'm going to buy and sell and get gain. But look what it said. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the what? The morrow. In other words, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And this is a verse that you don't hear much about these days, but I heard about it as a kid. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. You know what Pentecostals used to say? Well, we're going to go to the rally on Friday night, the Lord willing. We're going to uh, leave on vacation Monday morning, the Lord willing. I'm going to start a new job on Monday, the Lord willing, or whatever. We said the Lord willing because we really knew that we had to have the direction of God and the permission, if you please, of God. The Lord willing, if the Lord wills. We were saying, in essence, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. I do know one thing. When tomorrow gets here, it will be in the hands of God. Not my hand. Because we say, I'm going to do this on Monday. I'm going to go here on Tuesday. You're saying, I'm in charge. But when you say, the Lord willing, what are you doing? You're saying, the Lord's in charge. Come on. We've got to lean on Him. We've got to put our trust in Him. If the Lord will, we, will, we shall live and do this or that. Now, I talked about our world that we live in, and maybe you live in, we all live in, the pressure cooker and, and uh, all of the responsibilities and all of the things that we are dealing with. A lot of anxiety, a lot of pressure, certainly in this economy that we're living in. And, and uh, good people have been kind of knocked off their feet having to experience things they never thought they'd experience, and they're going through it. But, but our, our struggle is not to fret about the tomorrow that is not even here. Let me say this, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, handle life for today with the help and the direction of God Tomorrow may have its own set of problems and challenges and situations, but that will be tomorrow. And when tomorrow comes, he said, go gather enough manna just for the day. God was trying to teach his church and his people, we walk by faith and not by sight. We gather what we need for today, trusting that God will take care of tomorrow. Get the cart before the horse. Don't get worrying about things that may never happen. In other words, the care of each day is enough to master. Are you hearing me? Anxiety produces fear, and we have been not been given the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You believe that? Shout amen. amen. Worrying is actually borrowing trouble from tomorrow that cannot be paid back. It really is. It's often been described literally as mental suicide. Worrying about things that may never, ever happen. And the truth of the matter is, when you worry about something and it torments you, it may come and it may prove to be a blessing because God can bring blessings out of seemingly cursings. They meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You say, I got laid off my job. That's a curse. You don't know. You don't know what God's doing. That's why you walk by faith. That's why you trust Him. That's why you lean upon Him. 
That's why you allow the peace of God, which passes all understanding, to be in your heart and in your soul. That's why you can come into the house of God, and you may have had a heavy day, but you know, Lord, you're taking care of it. I'm lifting up my hands. I'm lifting up my heart. I'm lifting up my voice. I'm giving praise unto you, O Lord, because I know that you are the master of every situation, and you're going to take care of it all. Amen. Those folks that aren't worshiping that you wonder about, they're self-sufficient. Got it all together. Don't need God. But that one that's just reaching for God is saying, I'm trusting in you. You believe what I'm saying? Now, let's turn to that passage in the book of Philippians. New Testament. And uh, the fourth chapter... Amen. This is how we used to do it. Now they punch buttons and it appears. And I'm getting there. I actually preached from an iPad two or three times in the last couple weeks. Can you believe that? Amen. Until it wouldn't stop rolling. Oh, well, it's really going fast. But Philippians chapter 4. Now let's go up to the sixth verse because it introduces... Really, the beautiful gem of verse 7. But it says, Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, by prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You come to God and say, Lord, you're wonderful. I thank you for everything you've done. Lord, you have supplied the need. God, you've never failed me. I thank you for your mercy. And God, you're going to take care of this situation at work. Because, Lord, I love you and I thank you. You know, give them nine tens thanks and then just a little bit of request and things will go a lot better. Sometimes we got it reversed. You know, we give this much thanks and then, Lord, here's our list. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And look at verse 7. Can you read it together? And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then I like this part. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are what? True. (laughs) Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are miserable, oh, lovely, whatsoever things look like a dead end, no, no, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, here it is, think on these things, got to have a good thinker, get your mind stayed on him focused on the Lord and what He wants to do. Amen. Amen. Because there's so much that He wants to do. You shout amen. Amen. So, when we get down to pray, shout out tomorrow and say, Lord, give us this day, our daily bread. Don't deliver a whole year's supply. What would I do with this train load or boxcar load of bread in my front yard anyway? Give us this day. Are you hearing me? And, and Lord, we know that everything's going to work out. So we're not really looking for tomorrow's grace or tomorrow's bread. We're just saying, Lord, strength for this day. Give us this day. Now, those who live in the present, that's, that's right now. Right now, those who live in the present thrive best and get the most out of life. Now, that doesn't mean you throw caution to the wind and say, well, I'm never going to worry, but I'm not going to make my car payment. I'm just living for today. (laughs) Now, that's not what it's speaking about. And we practice the principles that we know to practice, but but when we seek God, and there are most things that that are beyond our control, our worry and our fret, and we're all prone to it. I am, you are. I've got to remind myself about all this all the time. You know, well, there's nothing we can do, and we've got to put it in the hands of God. Whether it's sickness, disease, 
bad doctor's report, economic trouble. Come on, church. Tell you what, the safety, you want safety in, in finances. And that we don't give to get, but I'll tell you what, when you've got God as your financial partner, and, you're, and I, he didn't tell me to say this, I'm just telling you, if you want blessing in your life, you know, you give God his portion, his tithe, and you watch what God will do. Then you've got God on your side. Amen. And if you've never practiced that, uh, I challenge you. <laughs> he said, that's one place in the Bible. He said, prove me now you're with. You want to see if I'm, my word's true? You, 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 you give the 10%. You watch what God will do. He said, not only will I bless you, I'll open up windows of heaven. Woo. Hello? Amen. So, those who pray best, pray for today's need, not tomorrow's. Maybe God's speaking to somebody here even now, this night, in this service. For whatever it is that you may have a need for in your life, and the devil's tormenting you, and the devil is trying to overwhelm you, and the enemy is trying to crush you, you need to stand up in the name of the Lord and allow God's Word to challenge that of the enemy of your soul. And trust in Him. And watch what God will do. Amen. You know what? Prayer for tomorrow's needs may be unnecessary because they don't even exist. Oh, yeah, they're going to be there. No, they don't because you haven't got there yet. Amen. When you get there, then you worry. Kind of like the husband and wife got that pile of bills in front of them, and he's scratching his head and pencils chewed down. He said, looking at that pile of bills, and said, you remember that bridge we were going to cross when we got to it? We're there. But you know what? When you're a child of God and you're there, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you even to the end of the age. Hallelujah. Now, true, true prayer and, and really true faith and, and trusting God. How would you ever know how to trust God if you'd never had a challenge? If life had been a bowl of cherries, so to speak, or everything had always been there, how would you learn to walk with God and trust God? But situations come into our lives as an opportunity to show the handiwork of God. And it builds your faith. Amen. Just like you exercise physically, you, spiritually, you know, you exercise the faith muscle, so to speak, and, and it leads you to greater challenges and, and, and greater victories. Somebody shout victory. Yeah, God wants His people to have victory. He really does. And so, really, listen to me carefully, bread for today is enough. And we ask God to guide us. And we ask God to direct us. And really, let me say something. Bread for today, if God surprised the need for today, is the greatest pledge or promise that God will provide it for tomorrow. If you believe that, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. So... We've got to trust God for today, and we've got to leave tomorrow in the hands of the Lord. Israel had a hard time learning that. They had a hard time understanding the faithfulness of God. You read the Old Testament, and, and you know, as you look at their lives, a roller coaster, up and down, and up and down, and in trouble and out of trouble. They were either going into trouble, in trouble, or coming out of trouble. It was the, that's the way it was, it seemed. Why? Because they couldn't learn to trust God. When you begin to learn that beautiful truth of trusting in God, you'll find that, that God will be there. The present is ours. The future belongs to God. Trust in Him. Lean on Him. Let Him guide and direct you. Come on, church. So why not shout today? Why not praise God today? Why not have victory in your soul today? Because all I need is today's manna.
Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And you leave tomorrow's cares and problems and, and the fears and troubles that you see looming on the horizon or you perceive to be looming on the horizon. You leave them in God's hands because we've got today and he's taking care of the future. You know what? You can't eat one morsel of tomorrow's bread. You ever thought about that? You can't eat one morsel of tomorrow's bread. You've got to wait here till tomorrow. Then it's that day's bread. If it's today, it's this daily bread. And then when tomorrow comes and you partake, it's bread for that day. And so God is wanting to teach us something here. We can't have tomorrow's grace and we can't do tomorrow's praying. Come on, church. All we can do is our prayer for this day. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm here for today's prayer and I'm here for tomorrow's prayer and I'm here for next week's prayer. You can't say that. And so we've got some beautiful promises in the Word of the Lord that help us. Somebody said that every, every tomorrow has two handles. And we can hold the handle of worry or we can hold the hand of faith, the handle of faith. And, and how are you going to take a hold of tomorrow when it happens at 6 a.m.? With fear or with faith? Okay, God took care of me yesterday, but I sure don't know what he's going to do here at 6 o'clock in the morning. The sky's going to follow. It's all going to be over. Trouble's coming. And so you pick up the, the day by the handle of fear. And you walk around with fear in your heart. Or you can get up and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I said, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, this is the day they're coming to repossess your house. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why, this is the day they're giving the layoff slips at work. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Devil didn't make it. God made it. Don't know what you're doing, Lord, but we know you're up to something. Come on, church. How many believe that the Lord's up to something? Amen, amen, amen. So Israel had to learn the hard way as they watched God for almost 40 years rain down that bread from heaven until they finally got it through their thick skulls that God's going to take care of me. God's going to meet our needs. I can't remember. I don't have the figures with me. But to feed a million people plus out in the wilderness, how many uh, boxcars did it take? Miles long. You know, all that manna. And, uh, and the amount of water that God provided for them in the desert. I've seen a lot of desert here in California. We're not used to it. Everything is a little different back in Tennessee. But, but you look out there, and I don't see a whole lot of lakes. And, 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 and you wonder, God, how are these people going to survive in the wilderness, in the desert? And God provided for them in some of the most inhospitable surroundings upon the face of the earth. If God could do that for them uh, naturally and physically, don't you think God can take care of His children in the times of wilderness, so to speak? Hallelujah. But faith demands action. Show me your faith, you know, by your works. And so we, we do some things. It's never a passive attitude. Amen. We become aggressive in God. It's not a pill you take, but it's a muscle you use. And you pray, and you praise, and you rejoice in God, and you do what you know what to do. And uh, faith really is what really keeps your hands and your feet moving when your head and others say it can't be done. We heard about it tonight, plotters. In the Holy Ghost, be a faith plotter. devil says, no, it's not going to happen. Other church folks say, no, not going to happen. Somebody else says, no, it, it looks like it's a rough situation. No, not going to happen. Wait a minute. I'm walking by faith. I'm believing God. Every day that I live, I'm trusting in His mighty and unseen hand. I know that He's there. Amen. He ever watches for me. 
and you get the, you know, take that book of Psalms and begin to quote it to the devil. Amen. Watch him as you begin to, to bring to him those beautiful passage of words from antiquity that reverberate again and again down through the halls of hell and remind the devil once again that our God will never leave us nor forsake us. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. And so by faith you can be decisive in the absence of certainty. You just can do it. In the presence of indecision, you can make decisions because God's on your side. Somebody needs a faith lift in your heart tonight. Somebody needs to understand that my God is an ever-present God that will always be there for His children. Always. Faith lift. Lord, lift me up. (laughs) We used to sing an old song. The old-timers know it. Lift me up above the shadows. Amen. Anybody ever heard that song besides me? Okay, we've got four old folks here besides me. <laughs> Amen. Lift me up above the shadows. Plant my feet on higher ground. Amen. Lord, there's a shadow that the enemy is trying to bring against me, and it looms like a giant, like the, the boogeyman that you think's out there in the night somewhere, and you see shadows being cast, and you think, what is that? But my God... He's going to lift me up above it all. Come on, church. Who are you anyway? You're a child of God. (laughs) Believe in Him. Trust in Him. Have faith in His mighty power and in His unseen hand. Somebody aptly described, they said this, faith is kind of like a toothbrush. Everybody ought to have one, but don't try to use somebody else's. You've got a personal faith relationship with God. God's going to do some powerful things in your life through faith. As you believe God for your situation, for your life, for your family, for your home, for your job, for your finances, for whatever it is that's happening in your life. Amen. Faith in God. Nobody would wish anybody to be sick. And I don't understand all about sickness. I've analyzed that thing for years as faith healing all of us have don't understand why some people get sick and others don't seem to have near the physical problems I, I just I can't answer all of that I just do know that when it comes have faith in God amen have faith in God let God show himself strong on your behalf that's when God works the greatest So faith doesn't look at the circumstances or the conditions, but faith looks at the promise. Okay, God, peace. I can have peace in you. I can trust in your mighty power and your unseen hand. And God, you're going to be there for me. You're going to be there for me. Listen to this. God never... And I don't know how many there are. There's thousands in the Bible. But God never made a promise that was too good to be true. How many have ever heard that expression, too good to be true? And most of the time, that's right. Somebody were selling brand new Cadillacs for $1,000, and you heard about it, thought, I'm going to go down there. It's too good to be true. Hello? But God has never made a promise that was too good to be true. You know, as I get a little older, I'm not old. Just got a lot of miles on me. I've been able to to stand back and through the process of experience, stand here and tell you that my God is ever faithful. He's never turned his back on me. Were there times when I doubted? Yes. Were there times when there was hesitation in my relationship with God? Yes. Why? Because I was looking at it through natural eyes. And I could not see how things could work out. (laughs) I remember one time I was getting ready to get... One time. It was the only time I got married. (laughs) Forty years. I didn't have a job two weeks before I was getting married. Now, how's that for a resume to give to your future father-in-law? 
And uh, we just got out of Bible school, and I worked for a few weeks, and then the company that I worked for laid us off. And here it is, two weeks, I'm getting ready to go down to Indiana and get married. What are we going to do? And uh, I remember pacing up and down the aisle of the little church where I was helping. I'd gone there to help in this home missions church. And it's like God pulls a rug under, uh, out from under your feet and what's going on. And, uh, uh, you know, and I just got to say, God, okay, here I am. And you know what it is. And 1970, that's the year it was, was a time of very difficult economic strain, kind of like we're going through right now. And you know what? I felt, and I, and, and I felt at first like I was saying, God, okay, here's my complaint list or here's my worry list. And then I began to worship and praise God as I was kind of walking up and down the aisle of that little church. Amen. It only had one aisle. And, uh, and, and I walked up and down it. And then I, I just began to worship and praise God. And, folks, I could literally feel the burden lift. And then I realized, okay, I have no idea what God's going to do, but it's going to be all right. He's going to take care of it. And, I mean, within a few days, it was all taken care of. I got a job, and then the first thing I asked him was, you know what, I'm getting married in two weeks. Could I have a week off? And I thought, that's the end of that. But I told them that when I went, and they said, yes. Can you believe that? Amen. And so you go through a few things like that in life, and you pretty well, after a while, figure out God's ever faithful. Trust in Him. Believe His Word. Why shouldn't you praise the Lord? He's going to take care of you. You know what? You can trust the Lord too little, but you can never trust Him too much. How many believe that? You can never trust Him too much. Abraham Lincoln made this statement one time, and I'm I'm getting ready to come in for a landing so you can get back out on that freeway and try to get home. I mean, you folks have vented freeways here. Wow. Unbelievable. But Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, God is on our side. And I guess we would all want to agree with that. But then he said this, and this is the President of the United States, but he said, more important is this, are we on God's side? Are you on God's side? Amen. Do you have a daily relationship and walk with Him? Do you trust in that unseen hand? Do you allow the Holy Ghost to operate in your life in the midst of a wicked and a perverse generation? Do you say, wait a minute, I'm not looking for uh, ABC Corporation to take care of me. I'm looking for the Lord to take care of me. He may do it through ABC Corporation for whatever it might be or XYZ, but uh, uh, are you trusting Him? Pain comes. Pain comes in many forms. Pain is an indicator that something needs attention. And I could do a whole lesson on pain, but we'll not go there tonight. How many have ever had pain, either physical or emotional or spiritual? Yeah, we've all had pain. Nobody is immune from pain. And you know what that saying is? You know, when you get a pain in your arm, body's saying, oh, over here. See that throbbing? Pain. Wherever it is. And then there's pain in here. There's pain in here, in our emotion, our psyche. Oh, God. But then to be able to rise up above that and to begin to worship and praise the Lord and not be focused on the pain, but rather on the author of life. Amen. It's kind of like receiving the Holy Ghost. Quit focusing on the baptism. Just focus on the baptizer. Just love Him. Amen. Don't say, well, man, I've got to get this where I'm speaking in tongues. No, no, no. You just worship Him. He'll take care of the supernatural part. And so my question is, are we on God's side? And I'll tell you what, let's go back to Isaiah chapter 26 in this beautiful writings of the the great prophet. And Isaiah was prophesying in a time of 
Israel's vacillation back and forth, up and down. But he was saying this when he said in verse 1, In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. What song? We have a strong city. How many like that song? We have a strong city. I'm not a songwriter, but maybe we should write one. We have a strong city. Not a weak city. Not an undefended city. But we have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. In other words, the outer protection of the city. And then he said, Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. And then verse 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. See, you need a faith lift tonight. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose, what? Mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trusting God. We could bring story after story. Those of you I know who are in this building tonight that have walked with God for any length of time. And that's why testimony service is good. Sometimes they're interesting. Sometimes they're really interesting. But many times those, those praise reports and testimonies and what God's done for me builds faith in somebody else. They say, wait a minute, yeah, I'm going through something. Wow, God did that for you? Well, maybe he'll do that for me. Or i got a situation similar to that. And what's happening is you're getting peace in your heart, getting your mind in focus, believing God's Word, whose mind is stayed on thee. That's why he said, think on these things. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever thing a good report, if there be any virtue in any praise, think on these things. And the devil says, no, I want your mind over here. I want you to be worried about this. I want you to be worried about that. Or I want you to be thinking about this evil thing or this negative thing or this whatever. No, no, your mind. We want to have peace. How many have ever gone to bed with something on your mind? It might not be bad. It's just you're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow or you're worried about a decision that's got to be made or, or something that happened that day. And it, it's like a over and over again, you know, loop in your brain. Can't sleep. Get up and go lay on the couch so you can't sleep there. And then you come back. Try again. But you know what? Don't count sheep. If you have to turn on the light, get your Bible and begin to read something from the Word of God. And in the middle of the night, have a little praise. Come on, church. Have a little worship. And that'll be the best sleeping pill you can ever take. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto thee. And that's what the Lord wants to do for every one of us. And I want us to stand together here tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, folks, for allowing me. I don't get to teach much anymore because we're always preaching somewhere. Different churches, but teaching is wonderful. Every time we appreciate this good crowd here, brother. Brother, it's hard to say Brother Brown because we, you know, but it's good. It's good. He is smart, too, by the way. Amen. I have to rely on him. He gives me ideas. But what about your life here tonight? Have you ever just kind of taken that that concern that you have or that worry or whatever you want to call it and just kind of lift it up to the Lord? Anybody ever done that? I don't know what, what you're troubled with here tonight but why don't we just kind of you do that right now just reach down a little bit maybe it's sickness maybe it's a doctor's report financial challenge that you've got maybe it's a problem with a wayward son or daughter or child or grandchild or neighbor or whatever come on let's just kind of lift it up right now come on lift it up now let's begin to speak the name of jesus 
Lord, I love you tonight. Lord, you are wonderful. Nothing too hard for you, Lord. I give you praise. I thank you, Lord God, for your everlasting righteousness. I thank you, Lord God, for your peace. Thank you, Lord God, that we can bring these small, trite things unto you, Lord God. We can leave them, Lord Jesus, at your feet. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus, we pray. Now, come on, lift up that other hand right now. nearby. Amen. Maybe it's a spouse or maybe a brother to a brother, sister to a sister. Just lift up that hand right now. Come on, we're in this thing together. God's on our side. We love one another. He loves us. That's it. Praise the Lord. Lift up that hand together. Come on. this day our daily bread. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your sufficiency. Thank you for your strength. Guide our steps this day, oh Lord. Help us to talk to the right people, say the right things, do the right things. Let me live in Jesus today. Take care of us. Amen.
close your eyes for a minute right now. Let's linger in his presence because I believe this is one of those moments, one of those special moments where the Bible says, uh, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There's a lifting in the house. There's a renewing in the house. Hallelujah. There's an impartation in the house of peace right now. The word of God is being confirmed right now through his spirit. Hallelujah. Just for a moment, I want you just to relax. Release the pressure right now. Amen. Say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. Lord, I'm looking for your peace. Peace. Such a wonder. Sometimes our comprehension of the principles of the Word of God, uh, we understand it, but we understand it only at a surface level, and it doesn't get inside and really penetrate to where it matters to us. But I think that tonight, somehow, both doors have opened and aligned, and deep in our heart, we understand that the Word of God's true when it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Because I, while the word was being preached, it's like I'm thinking, yeah, people should trust in the Lord about this, this, and this. And then all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me and said, well, then how, how come you justify being worried about this or justify being stressed out about this? And all of a sudden, they lined up and God's word was speaking to me. And I believe I, I God's speaking to you, too, because uh, that will keep him in perfect peace. Some of you have been satisfied with an imperfect peace, but God wants you to embrace perfect peace. But that only happens when your mind is stayed on the Lord, and that only happens, uh, amen, when you can fully trust in the Lord with all your heart. Amen. 
some of us have been trusting with, with a portion. We got the pie chart. I can trust God with all these things. These are easy to release. These are easy to trust God about. Maybe for you it's finances. I can trust God for finances. Or maybe it's a family situation uh, that you can't trust God about or you're worried about. But trust in the Lord with all thine heart means you've got to give Him the whole pie. Say, God, I'm not going to stress about anything. Because what happens, I believe, is our worry produces inaction. Rather than worrying about it and stressing about it, if there's something to do, do it. Otherwise, put it in the Lord's hand and relax. Amen? Let God handle it. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. Amen. Perfect peace is not a call to inaction. It's not a call to sloughing off your responsibilities or your duties. It's doing what you can do and letting God do what He can do. Trusting in the Lord. Amen. I feel good at having heard the word of the Lord tonight. Anybody feel peace in your heart? Thank God for that. Hallelujah. Also, I want to mention that uh, I, I failed to mention in our announcements. Of course, we're gathering together.